Hey everyone, and welcome to Wedding Pros. I am your host, Phil Beabout, with my beautiful co-host, Brittany, and today we are talking with Austin Trenholm of Trenholm Photo. He has been in business for over 16 years, is the creator of Good Light Presets, and makes a killer scallop risotto. I am super <laughs> stoked to have our friend on today. Cue the intro. Wedding Pros is a place for all like-minded creatives to come together and learn all aspects of a wedding business. I am your host, Phil Beabout, and with me is my ride-or-die and lovely co-host, Brittany. We are wedding filmmakers in New England and love chatting about all things wedding-related. We talk about not just the creative sides of our industry, but the business sides as well. Brittany has a background in business marketing, and in a previous life, I led large-scale teams at nuclear power plants with multi-million dollar budgets. We love bringing on guests that are more knowledgeable than us, who can bring different insights to the table. Sit back, grab a pen, and get ready to take some notes. You might want to brace yourself, too, because we have some real, raw, candid conversations with no filters. So let's get after it. Austin, <laughs> what's up, man? How you doing? <laughs> How's it going? Thanks for that. That's great. I didn't, I didn't know you were actually going to get so specific about me. That's um, Yeah, so let's see here. Okay. Uh, I'm a wedding photographer. I've been doing it for 16 years, which is just, I'm going to, I think I already said this. I'm going to start lying and actually just say I've been doing it for less because I feel like I've passed the amount of time that's like acceptable for a good photographer. <laughs> I'm just going to start going down. I'm like, I've been doing this for 10 years, 11 years, but I've been doing this for like 16 years. Um, but part of it is because I just started when I was really young. So I got into photography when I was like 14 and then started immediately in high school. So um, I've been doing this forever. And um, started doing weddings, actually, just kind of to make money, like a lot of people do. I was like, oh, there's a good money in weddings. And then realized I loved it. And that's all I've ever done. Um, that and work at a camera shop. So I've kind of had a pretty blessed, uh, hashtag blessed. I never say blessed. <laughs> pretty blessed uh, career path in my life. Um, but uh, let's see here. I'm looking at my show notes here. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, you know, my my job, Austin, is to to ask you questions and things like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good, perfect. Anytime you want to jump in and ask me questions. Oh um, man, I do. And, so there's one one thing that I do want to point out. If you guys haven't noticed, his name is Austin Trenholm, which is probably the most regal name I've ever come in contact with. <laughs> Like oh, you should Austin, have a middle name. What, what is it? Please, please, please add it's, to this. It's Austin Jennings Trenholm. <laughs> oh my God. You're straight out of Bridgerton. I know. I definitely sound like a butler or something. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, would, I wasn't going the butler yeah, route. Um, but... <laughs> I mean, the butlers are pretty regal. I don't know. Um, let's see here. Um yeah, my name, I, I I think my whole life, my name, and my brother too. My brother is Derek Preston Trenholm. I don't know. what My parents are like very blue collar. Like, I don't know where these names came from, <laughs> to be honest with you. I shouldn't say very blue collar. Like, they're, I don't know. I don't know. You're like, my dad is a coal like miner and somehow <laughs> came up with these names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they certainly, like, those aren't family. Like, no one in our family had those names. I think they just kind of, maybe they read a bunch of them. Um, you know, I don't know. Century Jane Austen. Like Jane Austen. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're reading some Atonement. Like what? Atonement. I, love, I really love that movie. Actually, the, yeah. Um, the, the book. The book is even better. Like the book has a oh, different really? ending. Yeah, the book has a completely different ending. Oh, well, well, I'll have to read it. 
Um, uh, so let, let's, why don't you tell us your, your motivation for starting your own company? Like what, what pushed you? I know you said that you worked at, you know, a camera store, you, you kind of, you know, you tinkered with photography, but like what moved you into actually getting, like taking that first step? Yeah. I mean, when I was in um, high school, I was like 14. I think I was, I think I was a, either a sophomore or a freshman. Um, I got into photography. I think that like someone I knew had a camera and it was like really interesting to me. And then um, what ended up happening is that my dad, <laughs> so my parents were divorced and when we were in high school and we lived with my dad and he took a job in the summer to go to Fort Lauderdale and go work on these mega yachts for the oh. Fort Lauderdale um, boat festival or yacht festival or whatever it is. Like there's a big thing with the tons of mega yachts and people trying to sell them and whatever. And um, he had a bunch of buddies in the boating industry. So he went down to work on those boats and he was going to be gone for like a month or two. And my sister had gotten into summer school and um, like I would say gotten into summer school. It was like a private school, like summer program for like extracurricular, like college credits. And um, I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, instead my dad was like, do you want to go to New Mexico and visit your aunt Maureen for the summer? Um, which I had visited with her before. It was really fun. And she lived in this like really cool town called Chamberino and it's just in the middle of nowhere. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And he's like, you're into photography now, right? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so he bought me a camera and I went to New Mexico and took a bunch of pictures and had a bunch of fun. And then um, since that point, I just always had interest in photography. And the only way for me to make like money and be involved, not the only way, but one of the only ways was to do weddings. And so like, I just, you know, searched out different wedding studios where I lived up in New Hampshire and um, would call people and say, Hey, can I come assist for you or work for you for free? And I just worked in weddings. And then um, I thought I wanted to do like fashion photography or landscape photography. But again, like there's like, like no money. There's, there's no fashion photography in New Hampshire. <laughs> so, but I was like a high school kid, so I didn't know anything about anything. So I was like doing weddings. I thought just for the money. And then um, the more I did it, I just kind of loved it. And honestly, it fulfills all those things. I think we've talked about this like a million times, but you know, weddings, our fashion photography, their editorial photography, their landscape photography, their commercial photography. And so it sort of like satisfies all the curiosities of, of a photographer. And, um, and then you also get to work a lot and make a lot of money doing it. So, yeah. yeah. Especially while um, doing so, a live event. So it's, there's a pressure of like, this is a one-time thing. Like you get to do some things over, but you're not going to tell the groom you can kiss the bride again like and again and again it's right one time yeah i think that the the like live aspect of it and like the one-time shot aspect of it gave me i would say like good anxiety like similar to sports like you know you get like nervous or anxious before like the game i don't know if you've ever done sports but in the past that's kind of how i how i felt um i play football or basketball and like before a game you have this sort of like nervous energy and i like that nervous energy um, that's never yeah. bothered me. That's kind of like just gotten me ready for stuff and made me perform better. And I think that's why I like weddings. Um, and then I've always just sort of had this very, what's the worst that could happen attitude about things. Like, I just always think like, I'm not a surgeon, right? Yeah. No one's going to die if I mess right. up this wedding. Um, the worst thing that's going to happen is, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, potentially I could like um, miss a shot and a client could be very unhappy, but I guess maybe this is the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, like sort of sociopath in me and I'm just like oh that's no big deal like I'll get over it you know what I mean like, it's, yeah. <laughs> I don't know to me I'm just like I'm not an engineer I'm not building bridges I'm not like performing open heart surgery um you know 
and and again, I, I go back to the sporting thing aspect of it. I relate my job to being like an athlete more so than I relate it to being an artist. Um, I just feel like you have to build a muscle memory up. You have to practice, get your technique going, and then um, and then after a while, you just stop making mistakes and um, and you're just confident in your abilities. Yeah. So. Yeah. So 16 years. I know that you tried to downplay that a second ago. Um, <laughs> well, first off, oh, uh, on Saturday, we shot with a photographer that's been doing this for 30. It's 30 years she's been in business. 30 one years? Of, yeah. One of yeah. my friends, his parents started their videography company. So they've been in business for 40 years because he's running for the most part now the show. That's a but, that's a Boston-based uh, studio, that, yeah. the video guy? Yeah, what's his name? Yeah, SH Videography. Yep. George. Yep, George. Met him for the first time last year. Yeah, super nice. I oh, love George. Awesome. I love George to death. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. He just, I just thought that not to toot my own horn, but I got NASA's member of the month. And uh, <laughs> George, George was the one that gave it to me. So, oh, there was, you go. Yeah, I love He's George. so sweet. He's such a, He's, such a yeah. sweet guy. He really is. Um, yeah, 16 years. I mean, I I just feel like most people I know who've been doing photography for that long, um, I think there's like a there's like a decline that oftentimes happens, and I just worry about hitting that decline. But I think that the fact that I'm so concerned about it and aware of it has maybe not hit that decline. And I just feel like I like my work more so now than I ever have before. Uh-huh. But I feel like it's harder to do, and I can feel myself getting like cynical and grumpy and so i try <laughs> so i'm like that's why like maybe i'm just trying to convince myself no it hasn't been 16 years it's only been this many years <laughs> you know just sort of like trying to stay in that like sort of young excited mindset of things so, yeah i mean in my it's funny but, you mentioned yeah. that because in my my previous life we we had a term for that it's called the cycle of decline yeah. and like there was something that you had because in, in nuclear like you had to monitor for that because you can't let nuclear performance degrade Mm-hmm. So you, you entered into the cycle of decline. Like there was this whole thing that we would have to go through to, um, uh, get out of it. Like there was like a, yeah. like it was a, it was a big deal. So what were you going to say, hon? No, I was just, not you say... Austin. I'm not calling you hon. <laughs> no, that we were actually <laughs> talking about this the other day because, um, like staying relevant, staying in touch with your clients, like, inevitably we're getting to an age where we're like older than our couples and it's also (laughs) (laughs) very taxing and like we did a double header this past weekend and we don't normally work over eight hours but we were helping out a friend so we were working a 10-hour day and I was beat the next day I was just like Mm -hmm. you know out running around different locations and the whole thing and it's just after a while like I was like, can we do this forever? Like just <laughs> in side talk to each other. And I was just like, how do we keep relevant, engaging and everything else with our clientele? So, I mean, it's hard. I'm just, I'm just going to say that 10 years ago, the 24 year old Brittany, I distinctly <laughs> remember her looking at me one day when I was telling her that I was tired, we were on a run and I was all beat to shit. And she looked at me and she said, why don't you pick up that weakness and put it in your pocket? <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that was a long time ago. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to try that. I'm going to see what happens. I'm I'm not going to try it with my wife. I'll probably try it with 
a friend. I feel like I feel like anything that would normally like work or be inspirational with like your spouse is that it has the opposite effect. Yeah. Like any advice that like all that stuff, all like the like trying to be you know inspirational and you know push someone to be hold them accountable. Like accountability partners. Like when it's when is your spouse? It's just like you're just yeah. Like, don't talk to me. <laughs> like, yep. No, let me let me be tired. Why can't you just support me? Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'll try it with someone else. Yeah. Pick up that weakness and put it in your pocket. I'm gonna, I'll use it with, I'll try it with myself first. But, um, yeah, it's true. It's, it's totally true. I mean, I, I worry about it all the time. And I, I think that, like you said, I mean, there's just only so much I'm going to be able to relate to clients who are 10 years younger than me or 12 years younger than me. And, um, you know, luckily my clientele has sort of, I mean, luckily or not luckily, I've, I, my clientele has gotten a bit older because I feel like a lot of my clients now are sort of um, coming from a, a place where they're maybe just graduating. They're getting out of grad school or um, yeah. uh, maybe they're like professionals and they're a little bit older. They, they got married older. Right. Um, and so they just had a sort of a delay on their on their life cycle. And so um, I'm relating to them quite a bit because I'm in the same yeah. place. I'm like very successful. And, you know, so so right now I'm relating to my clients probably the best I've ever related to them. Right. But then every now and again, I still have a client who's 26 and, um, you know, we're not too dissimilar. It's just that like the attitude towards things are different. Like my 36 year old clients, my 34 year old clients, 33 year old clients are like a lot more chill about their wedding. And they're a lot more like comfortable in their own skin. They're not worrying about their, what their dress looks like. They know they like everything they've picked um, because they've just sort of been through more. Right. No, do you think that comes from just a different way that you're maybe um, branding or marketing to these couples as opposed to the way that you might have been doing it 10, 5, 10 years ago? Yeah, I mean, I think that everything about progressing hopefully leads you in that direction where your clients are more um, discerning with their tastes. Um, Yeah. You know, they like the same kind of client that's going to um, shop at a higher end clothing store or, um, you know, decorate their home with um, slightly potentially more expensive uh, decorations or furniture. Hopefully Mm -hmm. that's the client you're getting with your photography or videography. And I think that that has happened for me, luckily. Yeah. Um, When I was younger, you know, I just wanted like cool, (laughs) fun you know, like spontaneous, like a, tr- and so this is, yeah. what, and so it's hilarious because this is what, this is the exactly what made me reach out in the first place, because you were talking about how, when you go to, um, networking events or like in, in your podcast where you say, it's okay not to be an artist. And you're like, it's kind of like dating and it's stressful and blah, blah, blah. Business is dating. Yeah. Right. And when I was younger, I wanted a different client, right. I was trying to date a different client. And yeah. now that I'm older, I, I'm trying to date a different client. And so, it all corresponds to the psychology of what you're looking and you, and you get back what you put out. And right. I wasn't putting out that I'm the more expensive couch. Gotcha. I was like, I'm a very stylish, affordable couch. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and like, you know what I mean? And I'm fun. And it's okay if you spill something on me. It's no big deal. Like, it's okay. Like, we're going to have fun. And now I'm like, mm, I'm like a very, you know. I'm a fine <laughs> like, one. This is a piece that we're not going to let the dog on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, back let's, back let's in the day, you were respect. You were the fuck your couch. Yeah, I was. 
I was article. I was Joybird. I was like Ikea. I don't know what I was. Now hopefully I'm something else. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that's kind of like ha- how I've changed and hopefully, and this doesn't happen with everybody. Some, some people I know have stayed in the same exact realm of their business and that's fine. If, if you're happy doing that, that's fine. But for right. me, I think that if I lose interest in my clients and if I lose interest in what I'm photographing, that I don't do a good job. And, right. um, and so like, but it does, it still worries me because one day instead of 36, I'll be 46. And yeah. I mean, at 46, I can't imagine. I'm already like, I just got a gym membership back yesterday because I had to go see a physical therapist because I'm having like <laughs> rotator cuff <laughs> issues in my shoulder <laughs> and like all this stuff is happening. And I'm like, why is this happening? And they're like, you're just getting older and your body just stops working. <laughs> and I was like, how do I fix that? And they're like, you need to go like move your body and lift weights and stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to do this. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think that, I think that like in, t- you know, in 10 years, I'm either going to, and, and, I, and I've seen this happen in the opposite respect where, you know, I do know older photographers who have stayed with it and stay relevant and right. keep up with what's um, the trends that are on. I mean, like the the classic sort of cliche example would be like Jose Villa, but like he really has kept up with everything and kept his own style and stayed true. And you can definitely tell his work versus others, but he's also changed with the times and stayed relevant and sort of done what you have to do to, to keep doing it. So right. he's very inspirational to me in that respect. Um, and so that's kind of what I'm trying to do. And, and, um, and yeah. And so like going back to the, the dating thing. So now when I'm, when I'm looking for clients, I'm trying, you know, maybe I'm not trying so hard, right. I'm trying to be maybe right. a little bit more elusive. I'm playing more right. of the like hard to get, you know what I mean? Yep. And then you get sort of a better response from the clients that, that you want, you know what I mean? Um, the people who are more, who are also playing hard to get, you know, people are like, where do you advertise or what do you do for SEO or what do you do? And I'm like, I don't do any of that stuff. I, (laughs) if someone inquires with me and asks, you know, if I'm available and can I have, can they have pricing? I respond with like, well, where's your wedding? And can I learn more about you (laughs) before we talk about that? Like, I don't even give them the option yet. You know, I'm just like, well, let's talk about you first. And then we can, explore whether or not it's like it's like the guy who cuts my hair like yeah 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 like (laughs) it's funny because like um when i first moved to florida the first client i had is this guy named justin and he um he's a hairdresser and a hairstylist and um i've stayed with him ever since i i started cutting my hair when i first photographed his wedding and now like for the honestly for the past like six years he hasn't accepted new clients like he has not accepted a single new client for six years and he keeps raising his prices and he charges a lot of money and he's very exclusive and like every time i go get my haircut. Like I drive a nice car, but like <laughs> I'll have embarrassment because I go into his parking lot where his company is. And uh, there's like just Bentleys and like G wagons. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, this is crazy. But he literally like won't even take a phone call. Like he has an assistant and people call and say, um, you know, I'd like to schedule something with Justin. You know, he's like, well, you can get on the wait list, but like I haven't accepted new clients in six years. And like he probably has accepted new clients six years, right? But, like, but he's not going to tell terms. you that, <laughs> yeah. Right? Like he he probably like gets phone calls, and every once in a while, like he'll someone he knows, like one of his current clients, will be like, oh, my girlfriend just moved here from wherever, and she needs someone, and he's like, okay, fine, I'll, I'll tell her to come right. see me. And right. um, and I feel like that's sort of it, it's changed now, where you know, and, and that's one aspect where it's similar to dating, but there's a lot of other stuff. <laughs> that uh, we can talk about that's going to make me sound like a sociopathic creep but I'm not I promise so, so before before we get into that Britt can you do me a favor 
when 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 you're nodding your head Mm-hmm. You're moving the microphone up and down, oh, and I can hear it. No, me. <clears throat> no, no, I'm pretty me. sure Not it's you. Brit. Yeah, and I can hear it like oh, scratching Brit. around. So just oh, kind of, okay. just try to like hold it out or something while you're okay. talking. Uh, I thought you were taking notes. Yeah, the, yeah. I know it sounds like <laughs> somebody writing, right? Scribbler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, so I mean sorry. I should have just. I mean, yes, I was taking notes while you were talking, Austin. That's what that noise was. Uh, <laughs> So I this you had is a microphone on a pencil. Yeah, no, this is this is a uh, a perfect segue into like I I want to talk about one you you shit. Where was I going with this? So let, let's talk about dating and game theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why why don't you can you tell the listeners what game theory is? Yeah, so basically like when I was younger, you know, you, you, you play video games and uh, I haven't played video games in a long time, but I'm still like super interested in video games. I mostly don't play them anymore because I'm older and my reaction time's terrible. And I just get like murdered by every 12 year old out there. But, like I've just stopped playing video games, but I'm super interested in games and game, game theory can apply not just to video games. It can apply to anything. And basically it's just like the theory of like, if there's a game set of parameters and what's the best way to win the game, there's different strategies. And it's just like all, all that surrounds figuring out how to win a game and um, I've applied game theory and dating because dating, you can also apply game theory to dating um, <laughs> and like pickup <laughs> culture more specifically. Um, that's a pickup culture essentially is game theory surrounding dating. And like, I don't know, picking up significant, you know, people of the, of interest to you, whether it's the opposite sex or the same sex or whatever. And um, in doing that, I figured out all these things that apply to business. And so like, you know, it, and it scales, right? So, just like we were talking about, like the, your, your ideal client when you first start your company isn't your ideal client 10 years in. And so these things all like shift. So if you first start playing a video game and you're like level one, you know, the quest is like, hey, I lost my cat. They fell down the well. Can you go get the cat and bring them back and I'll give you some gold? And it's like this super simple, basically training mission. Like this is just a way for like the game to show you this is how the game is played. And this is exactly how business is, right? Like when I was in high school, you know, I have no experience. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just like talking to people and like there might be some very nice photographer who thinks it's cute and quaint that I'm interested in. And they say, yeah, sure. You can come work for me. I need, um, can you come <laughs> roll this bag? Yeah. And at the end of it, I'll give you some gold. And that's like literally what you're doing. You're like <laughs> right. doing this like video game sort of thing. And then eventually you start like getting better and better at things and you uh, love, you level up. But then what you figure out in gaming is that there are ways to like speed that process up. There are better ways to do it. You don't have to just grind, right? So like in video games, right. call it grinding. I'm just grinding to level up my character. Well, grinding is fine, but you spend hours and hours and hours grinding. And it's just like this sludge and waste of time. Um, or it can be a waste of time, but you can figure out a better way to do things. And so like one way would be to like find higher level characters and go play with them. And that's something you can do in, in business. So instead of me calling the local person and being like, can I carry your bag around? You have to figure out a way into like a higher level person without seeming <laughs> like you don't belong or right. hopefully being accepted enough to like sort of skip ahead and get better experience. Right. Um, and in dating, there's um, a few different um, corresponding <laughs> positions like this as well. But, but to stay on the video game, um, and the game theory aspect of it, you know, like one of the best things you can do to skip ahead and to sort of um, not have to just grind your way to the top is 
to actually just sidestep the game altogether. So this is one thing that's really wonderful in the real world versus a video game is that if you apply game theory to something like photography or videography or wedding, anything to do with weddings, um, you can sidestep the the actual business completely and then use the your other tools to to skip ahead. And so instead of me just focusing on calling um, other wedding photographers or vendors to sort of like associate with them, I can say, well, actually, what I, the ultimate goal, what I really want to do is get better clients. How do I get to the clients directly? And so like what I did is when I first moved to Florida, um, I said, okay, I need new clients here. I don't know anybody here. I, I'd already been photographing weddings for a little while, but like I was still only like four or five years into my career. And um, four or five years is sort of when you just sort of start finding your rhythm. Unless you're you guys, <laughs> somehow jumped away ahead really quickly. You probably know all this better than I do because of how quickly you jumped up. But um, what I did is I said, okay, my ideal client is a female from, or I mean, it doesn't have to be female, but typically in weddings, um, you know, a female between the ages of like 27 and 34 who has, you know, more money than average really good style um, and like sort of takes their image seriously. And so I said, okay, yoga, perfect. High-end yoga. Like I'd had an ex um, years before who was really into yoga and like everybody that she associated with is like essentially my ideal client. And so what I did is I found like the most expensive yoga studio in Naples, got a membership and just started going. And that's it. I just went and just was like a human and yeah. um, you know, Oh, it thinks I'm raising my hand. Wow, Zoom is crazy. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just put my hand up and it's like, you want me to do that? Um, <laughs> um, so I started going to yoga and just having fun and like um, trying to learn and, and asking questions and being fun. And like if people started talking to me, trying to ask questions about them. And, and essentially, this is now where the dating aspect comes into things. So even though you're not dating necessarily, um, you are courting and dating right. someone from a professional standpoint and so just go ahead oh no Please. i was just gonna say that that's you know it's such a unique perspective because we haven't really discussed anything like that in terms of like you're essentially um advertising to your clients just in person and not really doing that like not in the conventional sense. So it's right. a, an awesome perspective, um, especially because we haven't really touched on that before. Yeah, I, I think it's it's one of like the least talked about, maybe maybe for good reason. I mean, I think people always have these strategies and the world we live in is very like internet-based and people talk about social media strategies. And don't get me wrong, like the, you know, the gate to your business is on Instagram and the internet and websites and things like that. But I think that our job and honestly, any job, if you're like a high end professional doing whatever, like maybe you're a um, real estate agent or whatever you are, um, the most important thing and the most powerful motivator of your business is just a personal referral, right? Yeah. It's just like someone, if you, if, even if you know nothing about a, a professional like if I'm looking for an electrician or a photographer for that matter, and then one of my best friends who has really good taste, who like I love all the photos that they have of their family, I say, oh, who do you use? And they tell me this person, they're great. I love them. I'm just going to call that person and book them. Right. I don't need to like read 10,000 reviews. Yeah. Right. I don't need to do the work. I have, the, I have it done. So like for me, my whole strategy for business is like skipping ahead to that part. 
How do I skip right. ahead to that part? And how you skip ahead to that part is, um, and this is this is where I'm sort of combining the old school and the new school is that if you read like Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People, that's like the oldest, most classic book on um, just like networking, getting people networking, getting people to trust you and like you. And how you do that is by taking genuine interest in them, right? And so like instead of trying to get around all these people and hit my business cards out, I would just go to yoga. And yeah. say, wow, you're you're really good at that. Can you, can you show me how to do tree pose better? Like, yeah, right. I don't know. Like, you've got or, such a or, strong or, core. <laughs> yeah, or I was just like, I don't know, just like, or or just like, let people talk to you, or like, just notice things about people. Just basically, just be like a really nice human, and then yeah. eventually, eventually, um, they will say, so, so, you know, what do you do? Or like, where do you live? And I say, oh, I'm a wedding photographer. And then, like, after having gone to this studio for a month and a half or two months. And you um, strike up nice conversations and make friends. Eventually, they say, "Oh my gosh, you're a wedding photographer! I have like ten friends getting married." And in my head, I'm like, "Yeah, I know you all have ten <laughs> friends getting married. That's why I'm here, and that's why I sound like a sociopath, but not really. It's because the the, the trick is that this isn't going to work if you literally are just there thinking, "I'm here because I want to get business." You have to like right. trick your brain and just say, "Okay, I think this is a good long term strategy." And that's where I'm going to stop thinking about it. And now I'm just going to go do yoga and have fun. Yeah. And that's it. And then I mean, those things. go. Right. I think it's awesome just because at the end of the day, we're all paying for it in some way, shape or form. It's just, like I said, very like un- off the beaten path. Like people aren't going to think about it like that. But I, I do have to say that that was um, a very smart move on your part. Yoga, yeah, the client, <laughs> the whole thing, like the whole thing. I just, I just want to throw out every time you say something about like, oh, I'm a sociopath, I'm a sociopath. Like one, a, I know you're joking, and two, I'm gonna get real <laughs> weird right now. And all I keep envisioning is American Psycho. Austin's in the shower (laughs) applying his first layer of lotion and then he breaks out the the bronze toner made of honey. Then he will apply the cold compress for 32 seconds. Do my thousand sit-ups. Yeah. yeah, for those of you that haven't read if that, I was a sociopath. Well, if you would have stayed doing yoga, you'd be in a lot better shape. Oh, Anywho, yeah, that's oh, true. Bubble, bubble. I know, I know, I'm not a sociopath because I literally feel bad when I like accidentally step on a snail or like a frog outside my house in Florida when it rains. I'm like, oh no, and I like look down and I'm like, this poor snail. Why did you? Have uh, to be he's there? not gonna make it. Yeah. I like, <laughs> so I know, I know, I'm not a sociopath, but it's just I think that there's sort of this. Um, this thing where you, and again, I think it comes from video games and then um, Dale Carnegie's how to win friends and influence people. And then also it's, um, it's from Neil Strauss's the game, which the is game. just a book about such a culture. good book. That's I mean, exactly, it's like, honestly, I'm going to be honest. I use that line. That's how I got burning. I, mean, I swear honestly, to God. That's like, how I got burning. That, that's not I'm a joke right now for real. It, no, that's yeah, not a fucking not joke. joke. So, I am not. That is not I could a joke. go downstairs right now and pull that book out. Yeah. Of the I, yeah. Yeah. The, I'm telling you right now that I'm going to become a best-selling novelist when I figure out how to combine without getting like, you know, basically sued for plagiarism, but like combining Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People with the game. That is the secret to my success. So much so that like I had one of my good friends, Mike, um, out from LA. He came and um, did some video for me and did second second shooting for me at a wedding. And, um, you know, I apply things that you learn in the game not just to dating, but like also just interacting with other people. It can just be like a guy. Like I was at a wedding that Michael was filming me and doing some um, second shooting. 
and the videographer team showed up and um, we were all sitting there talking, introducing ourselves. We had never met them before. And I was like, oh, I'm Austin. And everyone was like, I'm so-and-so. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. And there was like, I had a camera with a 35 millimeter lens on it. And then one of the photographers had a lens with a 35 millimeter on it. And Mike had a 35 millimeter on it. And then one of the people didn't, they had like an 85. And I was like, and I was like, I was like, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. And I was like, oh, no 35 millimeter. You're not in the club. Like I just basically <laughs> negged this guy based, you know, like I just was like, oh, no, no, no. You're that made a joke. And then that was like the start of like this fun conversation. And that person's going to remember me. And they're also going to be like, oh, even though you just sort of like made fun of me, you also like are very charming. And like, and so like all this, and then literally like <laughs> 10 minutes later, when I was finally alone, Mike was like, have you ever read the game? <laughs> and I was like, yes, <laughs> I knew it. You just did a thing from the game to that person. And I was like, yeah. And so like, all, these peacock? little things happen all the time. Are, are you are you the peacock type of person? Is that <laughs> you? Well, I don't even want to say the kind of person I used to be. Probably, yeah. Well, the, no, no. Things Ooh, change. Just, yeah, you just no, headbutted your mic. You laughed so hard you headbutted your microphone right there. <laughs> I did. That's what that noise was. Um, no, I mean, and then and and then here's where it, what I mean by the combining of things. So like then you have to combine that sort of stuff you learn for those social dynamics with the Dale Carnegie's take genuine interest in people. And so like, for instance, going back to the dating thing, like I, I get so many um, referrals from planners that I've worked with once. Right. So like that, actually the wedding I was flying to when I first met you both and I was, um, we were all delayed going into Boston. Mm -hmm. Um, I had to go down to Connecticut and do that wedding. I worked with a planner I had never worked with before. And we did the wedding literally like two days later, I had two or three inquiries from that planner that were referrals for brides because she loved working with me so much. And, right. you know, and, and this is where, you know, like at the wedding, I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is a new planner. <laughs> this is a date. We're yeah. going on a date. This is a first blind date. I want to present myself in the best possible way. I want to be courteous. I want to be funny. I want to make sure that she knows that I'm listening to her like all of these things. And so like, I, you know, she'd start to explain things about the timeline and I'd say, I already read it. I know I'm going to be here. And she goes, Oh my gosh, you actually read my timeline. I'm like, yeah, I read your timeline. You know what I mean? Like these are little things. Yeah. Yes. Like, no, absolutely. And so, um, you know, then I know that certain things are important to the planner versus important to the bride. And of course, like the bride is my number one priority. I'm doing all these exact same things with the bride. I remember what the bride has told me, like all these things that are important to her, but when there's a moment in between where I can say, Hey, um, I know that you have me doing details of the tables at this time, but I have some extra time right now. Is there any way we could like do them now? Because, um, we have, you know, better light coming through the tent or whatever. And I'd really like to get some better table shots. That planner is like, absolutely. You want to do something that's important to me. Let's do it. And so like, um, finishing up the ceremony and I do portraits and then uh, we're done with that. I can go to the bride and say, Hey, I know you're supposed to bustle your dress in 15 minutes. Do you just want to do it right now? And then I can take your bouquet and put it on the head table. She's like, absolutely. And then the bride comes, the planner comes over to bustle the dress. And I'm like, already done. And here's the bouquet. She's just like, I love you. And like, you're in, you know what I mean? Like, and so like all this stuff, if you just treat it like you're on a date and you are funny, you might neg the person a little bit, but then you're also very helpful and you show them that, care and that you've actually taken the time to listen to what they have to say to you um 
suddenly you're just like superhero and you get inquiries. Like I just get so many referrals over and over again from new planners to the point where like when I meet a new planner <clears throat> or like a venue coordinator, Oh, venue, like the venue, I just worked up in Maine and I, you know, took my drone up, took some like baller shots of the property that had nothing to do with the wedding. After the wedding's over, like on top of all the other stuff that's good that happens, I send those pictures over and the venue coordinator is like, Oh my gosh, these are amazing. Can we use these? I'm like, yeah, use them for whatever you want. And then like they posted that picture like up last week. That's like, we're hiring. And, and, you know, then she messaged me. and was like, Oh my God, I'm sorry if we forgot to tag you. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> Do whatever you want. Like, but, but they send me clients all the time. So. Right. Anyway, that's, that's how video games and dating and. <laughs> Gabe and so just, yeah. Just, just real quick yeah. for, for the listeners that haven't read the book, the game, just in general, yeah. it is a very good book. Like it's just, a, a it's book. a good, it's just a good book. Like you take the dating piece out of it because it's a book about picking up women from Neil. What's this? Neil it's Strauss, just interesting. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it's Strauss, a very, yeah. yeah, it's a very, it's just a good, like, it's almost like a heartwarming, like watching totally. these people like progress through this little, but <laughs> so I, when I read the book, I was in LA and I was out and about and women knew. Like they, they knew they picked up on that within like six months. They'd be like, Oh, Oh, you're trying that game. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, they yeah. would know. So I had to swoop in on Brittany cause she didn't know. I was so. in New Hampshire. Nobody knew about the game. It worked so, it worked so much better for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was, I was in SoCal and everybody, cause that's yeah. where he was doing everything out of. That's right. That's so, right. In fact, my friend Mike, who read the game, ran into. Well, he didn't like talk to her or anything, but he um, ran into uh, Neil Strauss just walking around. Um, I think they were on some like public trail near Pepperdine University. But um, yeah, you're right. Out there, it was like a, it's like a lot more known. And then the psychology of that has like leaked into many different aspects of life now. So people sort of are more aware of it. Um, and again, I'm like, I think that there's a balance, right? You can't just well, you you can just take the approach of certain things that you learn in the game and like that are sort of destructive and not very um, sincere. But I think that if you just read a book like that or, or similar books on social psychology, when it comes to like dating and stuff, if you read those books and then you, you learn the patterns that sort of work with people and then combine them with, you know, taking genuine interest in someone else's life and sort of like forgetting about just pitching yourself. Like there's no faster way for you to, to ensure that I will never like call you for something like for work than if you just beat me over the head with it. Like I, that turns me off so much. Like right. we have, um, like I know people we meet like in our neighborhood or whatever. And like, I know that they're just hustling and which is great. I love hustle. But like, if you're just like constantly like sort of bringing things up that are sort of like business opportunities or like asking me, like, I'm just, it's just like, man, like, I don't care about that at all. But if, but if we can just have a good time and like talk and um, relate and, you know, if we can just sort of be humans and not talk about work for a while, then when it comes time to like, if something comes up in that, in that vein, it'll be so much more effective if, if, you know, you've taken that route and sort of that's, that's sort of the way I treat everything from now on. So like when I go to like engage, you know, when I meet you guys or when I meet whoever, um, I do ask like about work and stuff like that, but like, I actually way more so try to ask interesting things that sort of get to the heart of a person, right? you know, like, um, that let me know actually like a lot more about them because I can already assume if you're at engage, you're just like a wedding industry professional and you're probably very good. And you took the time and money to like come here so that we don't need to have that conversation right like i'd rather know 
you know, I don't know, like men notice that you have the most beautiful manicure. Like, I don't know, like, um, just like, <laughs> it's one of those things where it's hard for me to think of something in the, like right now, but when I'm in the moment, things just flow. They well, just flow to me. Yeah. It's more natural. Like I, I totally get what you're saying because when we were at engage at a certain point, like I, I hit a wall and I was like, no more of the, like, because I know that that's what we're all there for. Like you said, but at the same time, like I was over pulling out my phone for people to scan my QR code. I was just like, I am done with this. Like, I just want to have like, and we did have fun and all of the elements were there, but I like on a mental note, I was just like, I'm like, I'm just here to have a good time. Like screw business day three. I'm like, <laughs> we're, we're done with that part. Totally. I, you, you, it's it's exhausting. I think that's one reason why I can't do it. Like yeah. I can't go to just like constant networking events with business cards and like pitch myself. Like I don't, I don't even want to do it. I'd that's rather operation. go to yoga. Yeah. It's just operation yeah. redundancy. No, exactly. Like it's just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's just not genuine. Like it's just so no. not genuine. Like there's like no worse, like here, can I, let me give you my card. It's like, Oh my God, if, if we had the right conversation, I do not need your card. Right. You know, right. like I don't yeah. need your card. I just will remember who you are um, and right. I'll Google you or I'll look you up. Like that's all I need. Um, so I haven't had business cards in like, I don't know, 10 years. So it's just one of those things where I, I try to think to myself, what would I like, you know, in a, in a person who I'm potentially wanting to do business with. And I just try to be that person. Um, and, um, and I just have found that <laughs> what have, what in the past has made me an effective gamer <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then and then dater you know what i mean like dating has always been one of those things that has come really easy to me and like you know for whatever reason um all those same exact attributes and qualities have applied over to business and i i think i think it's a good thing and it's a bad thing because i do think it sort of opens the door to people becoming very successful in a business that they're not necessarily good at and so I think that doesn't happen quite as much because in the end, the proof is in the pudding. So it doesn't matter how much like you can sort of like effectively um, gain people's trust. If in the end you don't do a very good job, you're not going to get the referral. But if right. you can execute, then it, it will. Um, and then I also know people, I know people who are the exact opposite, which blows my mind. I know like introverts and people who are very socially awkward and don't like crowds and don't like talking and, you know, don't have that bone in their body who still effectively do wedding photography and get out there and somehow network. They just sort of take a different, um, they play to their strengths. And I think I was actually listening to a podcast about this when it comes to being an introvert. Introverts have one sort of advantage in that when they do speak, their words hold more weight. Whereas I've, <laughs> I've had to, that's a lesson I've had to learn where... <laughs> I speak a little too much. <laughs> and if, I, if I would just be quiet for longer, then maybe when I did speak, it, it would mean a little bit more. But um, but that's something that's come naturally over time. Like you were saying, like I do have um, sort of social exhaustion where when I was younger, I had no problem just like being the center of attention and being the life of a party. And now I just don't have the energy to be that person. So I do pick and choose my conversations a little bit better now. And we will be right back. Are you tired of aimlessly flipping through mediocre at best music for hours? 
You find yourself wasting valuable time on projects just trying to find that perfect song? Bring in Musicbed. The first time Britt and I looked at their library, I remember saying, we could use any of these. Musicbed has a massive library of elite musicians used by brands like Nike, Samsung, Apple, and ESPN. Having a hard time finding that perfect song? Reach out to a specialist who can help do the searching for you and create a list of songs specifically for your project. Imagine the amount of stress reduction you would have with music selection being a breeze. Imagine how much time you can save during an edit by having a massive library of meticulously selected songs. What would that do for your productivity or quality of life? Musicbed is your solution. Click on our link below to see our hand-selected playlist. Use code WVFB at checkout and get your first month free when you sign up. Musicbed was simply a lifesaver for us. Tired of paying an enormous price for your website? Are you paying more than 12 or 13 bucks a month for multiple websites? Because we're not. We use Cloudways. You can pick your own server, pay as you go, no lock-ins, and get a free SSL certificate. Cloudways uses WordPress applications, which are included in the price. Did I mention that they will migrate your website over for you for free? Plans start as low as 11 bucks a month. We run all three of our websites off of a Vulture server through Cloudways, all for half of what the leading website host costs per year for one. Save yourself time and money with Cloudways. Click on our affiliate link below to start your free trial. You'll never look back. We didn't. And now, back to the show. No, let's, uh, well, this is why I love doing the podcast, because while I have stuff in front of me, like I, it, it doesn't, like we're, we're talking about something. It's a conversation. Yeah, it's yeah, very important. Have a real conversation. Yeah. 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 Uh, but I, I want to talk about that in-person relationship building piece. And one of the things that I wanted you to talk about is you had mentioned to me that you had, uh, well, that is not what I was looking at. I'm at the wrong part. See, I just threw myself off. Because okay, well, we I wanted to talk over. about. Okay. Well, no, I wanted, <laughs> see, I'm not going to edit any of this out. By the way, uh, no, I was going to talk about you know how you built your business around in person relationship versus promotions, et cetera, et cetera. But I think we just we were yeah. just talking about that. Yep. So nope. uh, you can talk about you other examples of that too. But. Well, well, you you had mentioned that you started off by targeting yoga because you had isolated your target couple. So as a creative person, and let's say that I I want to kind of check and adjust and I want to start building my business around that relationship, where do you think I should start to work on to find like where to go? Like for you, it was yeah, yoga. Yeah, that's a good question. And yeah, it's a really good question. I think that basically you just have to sort of um, evaluate the kind of things and places that your target audience are going to be interested in and like patronize basically, and then go to those places. Like you, it's like simple. Like if you're a fisherman, you have to go to where the fish are. And a lot of people just don't have it in them to do that because it's like it's a lot of effort. Or like they don't they they're like I don't want to spend 120 dollars a month on this yoga membership that I don't even know is going to get me, you know. Uh, any work or anything like that. And that's, that's a huge obstacle is like people have a hard time with uncertainty and just, you know, for me, I would just say worst case scenario. I'm more flexible. I do do some yoga, I get a little more healthy and like, whatever, like, you know what I mean? There's, there's no loss for me. And so like having a different mindset where you think, 
there's no, you know, there's no loss that really helps. And, and then that sort of frees you up to not think of things as like a failure or disappointment because you're right. You like, I mean, there are probably other examples that I've just sort of like exited from my mind that I've tried that didn't work out. Um, it's like, so for instance, when I first started dating my wife, she found out where I got my haircut and how much it costs. She's like, you go every month and spend $140 on a haircut. And she's like, that's ridiculous. Why would you do that? I'm like, I really like my hair. And do you know how many rich clients this guy has who are exactly in my demo? Like all of them, all of them. It's market research, babe. It's literally, it's literally (laughs) like me just putting myself where the fish are. You know what I mean? And so, and so this is something where like, if someone asks me, where should I go? The answer is not Starbucks. Don't get on your laptop and sit at Starbucks all day. Don't do it. Do not do it. Your target demo is not doing that. They might be going to Starbucks, but they're getting in and they're getting out and they don't want to talk to you. Right. Yeah. And this is, and, and this is, this is now we're going to get back into the juicy dating side of things. Like, so when I first said, oh my God, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think like, who's going to listen to this? Okay. Okay. So we, um, like, when I can't wait to see where this is going. When I was younger, when I was younger and I would date, you know, I, I always had a lot of like good luck and like, good luck, whatever. I was always like pretty good at dating. And some of my friends who weren't as good at dating, like, man, how do you, like, how do you always get these girls' numbers? And like, how do you get this, like, go on these dates? And I'm like, well, first you just got to go to the place where those girls are. You got to be there. That's like 50% of it. You know what I mean? Like, if, and they're up. like, well, you know what I mean? And like, I'd take them out and like, oh, I don't want to go to this place. I don't fit in here. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. These are all excuses you're putting in your brain. That's fine. It doesn't matter. Nothing's going to happen if you don't go. So you have to go. So let's go there to these places where the girls are that are hanging out that you want to date. And then once you get there, you have to understand the psychology of people and the psychology of people, you know, certain women between the ages of whatever and whatever are that if you can be funny, if you can sort of like compliment them, but also neg them at the same time, it's sort of this like doorway in and blah, blah, blah. Also, you have to learn how to take like rejection not as rejection yeah i was gonna like, say it's the, the the rejection is the big piece like you gotta the rejection you're, you're is gonna, the gonna big fail thing. a like, lot yeah dating right dating right P- doing pickup culture like trying to meet girls at bars is a huge lesson in humility because you're just gonna get lots of no's <laughs> and so and it's so a numbers game though it's a numbers game. And if you can just learn how to not get like um, totally discouraged by no's, again, this has helped me in business hugely. Like I'm not walking around talking about all the people who didn't hire me. That's right. a, That happens. That's fine. That happens. And so um, if you can get out there and hear a lot of no's, oftentimes those no's eventually turn into yeses, even from the same people, even from the same people. And so, you know, in dating, you know, you go to a bar, I try to say something I think is charming to a girl. Immediately, it's like a get away from me. <laughs> I'm like, hey, I'll get away from you. No problem. I'll just like laugh and get away from you. And then maybe like next time I walk by, I might be like, like you know, like, yeah. do this thing where I'm like, I'm not talking to you. Like, don't worry, I'm not going to come talk to you. And then that's the thing where she's like, oh gosh, never. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Like, you know, like, I'm like, oh, can I buy you a drink or are you going to like yell at me? And it's like, that's the in. You know what I mean? Like if you can just yep. be silly and not take yourself too seriously, and that same thing can happen with with work and business. And so, like, you know, you go to yoga, you um, you get a fancy, fancy membership at a tennis 
right? Like a tennis place. And you're probably terrible at tennis, which is totally fine. That's actually great because you can go and just be like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Can anybody help me? (laughs) Yeah. And you know, people are usually very excited. (laughs) Yeah. People are like excited to come help you and like talk to you and get excited for you when you like make small gains. And then eventually it's like, so what do you do? I'm I'm a wedding photographer. Oh my gosh. Like my sister's getting married. It's like, oh, Wow. Imagine that. And so like, oh, you, don't you know, say. <laughs> yeah. But, but then also you just have to realize that there's going to be a lot of people in that situation where it doesn't turn into a, a lead. It doesn't. And that was just the day you went and played tennis and that's fine. Yeah. That's no big deal. That's like a good thing. And so I just try to say wherever your target demo is, is where you got to go. And my target demo in business and in dating and in whatever it changes right? It scales. And so now, you know, my target demographic is, isn't even really very accessible to me in person, which is tough. Now I'm in a whole different um, aspect of life where I do, I will make, you know, uh, connections and, and gain clients through social aspects of my life, whether it's like tennis or yoga or like where I get my haircut, but that's much fewer and farther between because now my clients, a lot of them are, you know, in finance and they live on the Upper West Side in Manhattan or they, um, you know, are just graduating from like med school and now they're going to be in residency and whatever. I have, they, I don't have a connection to them. Um, yeah. that my connection to them is through planners and through um, venue coordinators and other people. And so the people that I now, <laughs> this is so funny. I, go, I know every time we like, do that, it comes up, comes up. up. Like it's funny. This is so funny. What else can I do? Yeah. Um, and so, I think that, um, you know, now my, my whole approach is the exact same, but now I'm not thinking in terms of, um, one or two degrees of separation to an actual bride. Now I'm thinking in terms of a planner or a mom, the moms. Yeah. Moby. So, (laughs) (laughs) so now I'm now basically I'm doing the same exact thing. Like I'm dating and I'm applying these different, um, psychological approaches But instead of thinking in terms of I'm going to meet a bride, I'm going to meet the mother of a bride or a planner, or I'm going to cultivate the the relationships with those planners or the mothers. And so like, um, you know, the guy guy who cuts my hair, more often than not now, um, I have photographed many of his clients' weddings, but now I'm photographing referrals from either like sisters or mothers. He cuts their, they're the clients now. And then I photograph their daughter's weddings. Um, and that's kind of how it works now. So it's all shifting. And, if, right. and then this is where I realized in my head, like eventually, I don't know where they're going to come from. <laughs> but <laughs> So you, you used to yeah. teach a course on this subject. Can you, can yeah. you go into yeah, details? Yeah, it was called like- Get Real. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was called Get Real Workshop. And, and it was one of those things where like I would go to these workshops to learn, you know, networking and business and how to get better clients and wedding photography. And I found it was just like a ton of fluff. It was just like a lot of like inspiration, like you have to charge what you're worth and know your value. And like when you get it and when you, um, you know, um, when, you know, go, you have to go to networking events and like there was, it was just basically like a lot of like BS, like this is not actually on the ground how it works and like what's effective. And so I started my own workshop called Get Real Workshops. And it was like, these are things you can do to help yourself, right? And so like, for instance, people would have a really hard time with rejection. I would talk about the, you know, going to yoga or like the dating scenarios or like just the way you 
you have to handle things. And people would be like, well, I've emailed that planner and they just haven't even responded. And I'm like, yep, yep. That planner is big time and you are nobody. And they're going to get that email. I was like, I've been that person. Like, And I said, in my workshop, how many of you have emailed me asking about second shooting or like has a question about photography and I just did not respond to you? And like three people raised their hand. I'm like, exactly. That's not because I didn't care about you. I just was very busy. I was just very busy. And the answer is, that's okay. Email me again. Call me again. You know, and then if I don't respond or if I do, like sometimes a planner will say, hey, thanks so much for reaching out. I don't really have time to meet up with you. And like, whatever. You can respond, no problem. That's totally fine. In six months, try again. Try some other sort of um, approach in your in your wording. And this is this is the thing that's hard to teach. It's like, so like for instance, in dating and <laughs> like online dating, online dating as a guy is the worst because you're basically just like fighting 10,000 other people in that one, that girl's inbox who all yeah, have it's the same just a bunch of hyenas. It's just It's the absolute worst. And it's terrible for women too because they're just like, their inbox is flooded with like a million dudes who have nothing to say. And it's like, how do you take the time to go through all those messages and sort of discern the guys that are interesting to you? And so, you know, the things you can do are sort of similar. And, and again, this is like sidestepping the whole game, right? So instead of worrying about like if you're, if you're online dating or if you're um, trying to email planners with a planner, I find that works best is like, think about a planner's mind. What do they care about? They care about like little details and like paper and ribbon and like linens and like all these like things that like I don't care about, but they care about a ton. So what I did with planners is I would, I would go make these like handmade notes that were like wrapped in like this really beautiful stationery, and like, you know, like honestly, I, w- I would just actually find out from someone else in the industry, like, where do they live? What do they like to do? Oh, they live in Tampa. And, um, you know, she goes to uh, Hyde's you know, bar a lot. It's really nice. I would go get a gift card to Hyde's bar. I would wrap it in this crazy stationery with like, a really beautiful ribbon with a handwritten note. Usually have like someone else write it because my handwriting is terrible. <laughs> and it's like, hey, I'd love to um, take you to lunch and, and chat about um, weddings or not weddings. Just like, I'd love to meet you one day. And that would get a phone call immediately. Right. Yeah. And that applies to almost like anything, especially like in this industry. Um, you do photo, we do video. Like, how do you help a planner out? Uh, maybe give them a 60 second highlight reel or, you know, spend an afternoon, go check out their venue site, interview them, do whatever, something that helps them do it with a, mm-hmm. a non, like no expectations type of thing. Like don't do it thinking that you're going to be given a wedding just because you gave them a highlight reel, but yeah. there's so many ways to. The expectations is is a big issue with people people who have expectations like if 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 what you're doing is conditional you're just number one it means it's not genuine right and if you're not being genuine people can sense that immediately and that's just like a really fast ticket to like being unhappy right and and and, not getting any work (laughs) and not getting any work and like and just and also just getting someone not to to respond to you and then and then also like again dealing with rejection, if you don't have, if what you're saying is not conditional, it's like guys, like guys, again, when I'd be younger, we'd be at bars and they're like, oh, I bought this girl a drink and she won't even talk to me. It's like, dude, you bought her a drink. 
She just doesn't owe you anything. Like there's no, there's no contract there. Like she doesn't have to, it's not how it works. Yeah. You buying her a drink is just a way for you to talk to her and then for her to see if she likes you. You know what I mean? Like it's not, there's no, there's nothing there. It doesn't mean anything. You know what I mean? And so you have to kind of have that same attitude in business. It's like, I have to be prepared. And this has totally happened to me. I have to be prepared to have that meeting with that planner because they liked what the like fancy thing I sent them and for it to go nowhere. And I've had that. Oh yeah. We, Phil and I were just talking about it the other day because we were shooting a wedding in Rhode Island and we drove past a venue that like one of the earliest things that we did was reach out to venues and we're trying to get, you know, to know the day of coordinators, whatever, and nothing like we went, we had lunch at the the venue and we were like, nothing ever came of that, like nothing. (laughs) And we almost forgot about it. But I mean, I guess that's the beauty in it is that like, we weren't like, Oh, we better keep on them, keep on them and see like, you know, why didn't it work out? And like, it's a good thing to assess why things didn't work out, but sometimes it's just not going to work out. Sometimes these venues, the turnover for day of coordinators is so rapid that totally that person was probably gone within the last couple of weeks. I, I mean, so I, I shot a wedding. We shot a wedding at a venue here uh, just because of time delays, that kind of stuff. I couldn't do drone footage, but it's like 20 minutes from the house. So I was like, it's okay. I'll go back the next weekend and shoot shoot the drone footage so i get there and i go walk in and looking for the coordinator and she's at another facility uh, she no it, had been four, it, it had been four days since i shot the other wedding and i was like wait what and they were like yeah she doesn't she doesn't work here anymore and i was like that oh was my god <laughs> <laughs> that is that is especially frustrating that so is. to your point though like try again in a month like staff changes um, yeah new ownership yeah, I, it could be any any number of things you know there, mm-hmm. there's there's a couple of things that i i want to kind of circle back and just mention there's i i mentor people and one of the things that i notice with almost every person i mentor is they cannot tell me who their target couple is Mm-hmm. And it, and I I get it. It's it's tough to sit down and map out and that kind of stuff. But in order to get to like where you're at, like you have to know who you want to work with. You got to know what yoga studio to go to. Like you can't. Yeah. And what I what I try to tell them is, if you're trying to appeal to everyone, you're not going to appeal to anybody. Yeah. Like that's and uh, yeah, the, it's true, and th- and that's a very tough mental hurdle to get over. Even for me today, I struggle with this this all the time. It's because my target client, my my ideal client, man, has a totally different lifestyle and budget than I have. You know what I mean? Like they just operate on a different level. And sometimes it's hard for you to like relate. recognize that and relate. And then also just like think that this is the way the trajectory you should be going. One of the girls I met at that yoga studio to this day, I photograph her family every year. Um, her and her husband their their families are all from a family of developers. They build these huge high rise condos in like Florida, and they just they have like so much money, like so much more money than I will probably ever have. But they have good taste. We get along. We like really you know jive. Our personalities jive. And I photographed her wedding, and from there I've gotten to this day. I still get wedding referrals based on that relationship. They say, well, if she hired him, he must be the best. And it's like because she can just get whatever she wants. Yeah, and so you know (laughs) and so like 
And so part of where I'm at, that's hard. And I know this is, this sounds a little whiny, but it's hard for me even today, psychologically to hold on to that idea that my clients can have whatever they want. And money is not the reason they don't get something. It's not how much it costs. In fact, it's usually that something seems too inexpensive or not good enough that they're not going to choose that thing, right? Like they pick things based on price, meaning the most expensive thing. Not always, not always, yeah, but a right. lot of times that's how they decide. And yeah, I thinking that way is tough because I don't think that way. <laughs> you know, I go, yeah, oh, my, I'm getting the Honda Pilot, you know, <laughs> the, because... Because this one has all the same features as the BMW X5 and it costs like $30,000 less and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, that's literally the opposite of the way a lot of my target demos going to operate. Right. And they're not even going to think about an X5. They're going to drive a G-Wagon or something. You know what I mean? Like they're not even, it's a totally different way of thinking. And it's hard to get over that hurdle of not knowing who your client should be and, and what that person, the way that person thinks. Because even today, I don't, I have a hard time putting myself in their shoes and thinking the way they think. And so, you know, when I send out a quote, I, I lost a wedding uh, last summer. Um, and, you know, the, the, the planner told me later, oh, they went with someone else. And I found out it was this other photographer who's amazing, who charges like double what I charge. And she said, it's, it was probably because your price was too low. And it just seemed like something was wrong. They just went, why is he so much cheaper? Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that scared them off. It scared them away. And so, you know, just getting into that mindset is hard. And it, that's been hard my entire life. It was hard when I went from 3000 to 5,000. It's hard for me when I went from 5,000 to 8,000. I sent out a $15,000 quote today. If you'd asked me a few years ago, like, would I be sending out $15,000 quotes? I probably would have been like, nah, that's, that's crazy. No one would ever pay that much. And now I know like the people that I'm going to engage with are charging that on the regular and I'm like small right. potatoes. So it's like, <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah. So sometimes and they're being told, positions. right? And they're being told, "Hey, up that price and then come back to me." <laughs> You're still only at fifteen. You should be at thirty. Like, yeah, that's that's a this is a big um, one of the big reasons to go to engage is to just recalibrate your brain into knowing what's possible. Right. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. What what I was trying to explain to some people a while ago is you have. Uh, like you have different levels in the market. So each level has a low, medium and high. And if you wanted to do a zero, like a free to $2,000 wedding video, you could book ad infinitum that amount all summer long. And then once you hit like five to 6,000, you're at like the higher end of the low market. But then all of a sudden when you cross that like six to 8,000, now you're in the lower end middle market uh, the high market and, yeah, yeah and your and your inquiries go up which yeah. is such a because your inquiries slump you know and then all of a sudden you break into this like different level and it, it's just such, such a weird like dichotomy but i uh in in a previous life i was very good friends with the vice president of, of uh playboy television and oh, geez. <laughs> I was, uh, uh, you hanging out with Neil Strauss. What's going on? <laughs> no, no. I was, I was listening to you Hefner talk and somebody had asked him, what is your best pickup line? And he just turned and looked at him and said, hi, I'm you Hefner. Yeah. 
Right. And the reason why he said it like that wasn't to be like, it's because I'm you Hefner. It's just be yourself. Just introduce yourself. You don't need to do anything wild. You don't need to do, mm-hmm. just say hello. Like saying hello is the hardest part. And I think that's what a lot of people fail to realize when you're trying to like network. They're just, they're not saying hello. Like they're just, they're, they're networking. Not, yeah. Right. The best way to network is to not network. It's just yeah. to just be a person. Yeah, I I remember um a long time ago I had this friend and she she like really struggled. She'd be like, oh, guys like never talk to me and blah 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 and all this stuff. And I'm like, Yeah, well, you're like really, really, really attractive. <laughs> guys are not gonna talk to you. They're just they're just gonna look at you and say, I don't have a chance, I'm not even gonna talk to you. And she's like, Why? I'm so, like that's not how I feel at all. I'm like, I know, I know it sounds totally crazy, but that's that's why. Like, that's why they're not talking to you. <laughs> I'm that's like, wear true. a hoodie. Wear a hoodie. Yeah. Next time you go to the bar, you'll get more. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, wear a hoodie wear a, and, and put your hair in a ponytail. <laughs> and it works. It really works. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like one of those, it's one of those things where it's true. People have a hard time being genuine because they're afraid of, you know, they're just afraid. Rejection. I think it's Rejection. like the number one thing. Like mm-hmm. even um we were at a NACE event and I had I was speaking to some hair and makeup girls, um, women that were working or that were there networking, and they didn't say anything to anyone, but I went up to them because I knew that we had tagged them over some video that we had done. And but I I didn't really recognize who they were. I just knew that we had had some, and I couldn't tell you what wedding we did or anything, but I was just like, Hey, you know, um, I just want to come say hi. Know that like in the grand scheme of things we've worked together, I think it was at this wedding and it just started a conversation because then they were like, we never talked to any of the vendors because mm-hmm. we're like the day of we're doing in our mental space, we're doing our yeah, job and we're working. we're working. We don't have a chance. And I was just like, hey. and then we ended up like talking the whole night. And then like, it's, it's just putting yourself out there. It's just, everyone's human at the end of the day, you're sh- most certainly going to come across some of those assholes that are just like, eh, or maybe yeah. they're just not good socially. I don't know, but chances yeah. are, you're but that's okay. More. Just move yeah. on. Yeah. Just move yeah. on. Like it's, you know, and that's, that's you, guys, really, you didn't go to um, you you didn't go to the pool party in New, in New Orleans, did you? No, no, we went to Preservation Hall. You did. <laughs> so this is great. I was a, I went to the pool party, and I'm there hanging, and I know a few people, and there's a bunch of people I don't know, and um, I was there, and everyone's having a good time, but then I see these three girls staring at the pool with this sort of like work face on, like they definitely had this like very like. I don't know, not a very closed off sort of like not approachable like aura about them. Yeah. And I went up to them and I was like, you must be planners. And they were like, (laughs) we are planners. And I was like, you don't have to work right now. Like we're just like, you know, you can just chill and have fun. You don't have to constantly be seeing if everyone's okay and all this stuff. And they all three started laughing super hard. And I, but then it became clear to me they were laughing super hard because of something I wasn't aware of. Like I was, I was outside of something. And then I was like, did I is some, did I miss something? And they were like, "We work at this hotel. We're, we're we are working." Oh. And they were there 
doing the pool party event. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Carry on. But they thought it was so funny that I approached them. We ended up talking for like half an hour and, um, you know, just like whatever, like having a nice conversation. Right. And, um, you know, and it's one of those things where I gravitate towards that situation where someone's like closed off. I'm like, well, like, you know, let's, let's, let's talk because I, one, I'm just not afraid of rejection. And like what, to me, there's no, there's no um, negative outcome there. You know, worst case scenario, they're like, whatever they're rude and i'm just like okay well see you bye yeah they're working or whatever like and it's just like no big deal and who knows like so many of those conversations turn into like really nice relationships that turn into whatever and some of them don't whatever that's fine um did you ever have you ever heard of like the starbucks thing where like the business coaching how to get over rejection you ask for free starbucks no 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 okay so like when i did my workshop i can't remember where i heard this but this is something i I did not invent this but i i tried it and it worked so well that i taught it at my get real workshop the people who were like oh i just can't handle like not getting replies from planners or like you know people just have a hard time with rejection and the way you work on that is you go to starbucks you order a coffee and then you say is there any chance i can get that for free (laughs) say any any is any any chance i can get that for free today (laughs) and like that's just gonna help you get used to being awkward in an awkward situation you know what yeah I mean? that's just going to help you hear a barista with like a really weird look on their face be like no and then people are so creative how many times they say yes you know what i mean like you would be shocked how many times they say yes and you're like really and they're like sure why not and it's like this is literally the direct equivalent to dating like a pickup coach. This is like literally like walking up. Sometimes to girl, hey, it yeah. works. Sometimes and it doesn't. Any, yeah, like literally like any, any chance I can like, hey, can I can I get you a drink? A lot of times it's like, no. And then sometimes it's like, sure. And it's like, really? And it's like, yeah. And then they're like, totally nice. And you're like, cool, awesome. Um, And, you know, and then maybe like that no, that weird, awkward no turns into like the next time you come in, you're like, hey, can I get a, you know, latte? And don't worry, I'm not going to ask for, for free today. And they're like, laugh. And it's a funny story. And then like, you know, they, like it's just a, a way to show people what rejection can be you know rejection is not this negative thing it's not a personal reflection on you it's just the world we live in the world we live in is filled with people and awkwardness to me awkwardness is the most like i love i love 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 awkward situations like because it's so nothing more real than an awkward situation austin is the walking embodiment of larry david <laughs> I don't I know I don't I get so mad when I I'm like I see Larry David or um or like a lot of other comedians I'm like man they're making a living doing the thing that I got called a jerk for <laughs> like they're they're like literally just embracing awkwardness no I mean I honestly I feel like awkwardness is wonderful like when my couples a lot of times my clients will be like oh we're so bad at taking pictures we're so awkward and I'm like awkwardness is good be awkward. It's real. It's genuine. Like think about the first, your first kiss, like a very romantic, like wonderful moment was also awkward. There's awkwardness in the way you hold your body and your hands, and like the way you look at someone. And like when you're going to go for your first kiss and like, like at this point, at this point in my life, I'm so old. Um, you know, thinking about those fir- first moments, there's not going to be a lot of first moments anymore. Like as the older you get, the less like first time moments you have in things, right? Like there's not going to be a first whatever, like unless I decide to take up um, skydiving or like whatever, like I can, I can search out like firsts, but right. there aren't many left. And so when you think back on those like moments, like 
so many points of rejection are actually just like really wonderful moments you'll wish you could get back to. And so like awkwardness, I love awkwardness. Awkwardness is just the, my only way into like a first <laughs> in my life. Yeah. I mean, it also keeps you kind of humble just because like, you mm. don't know how things are going to play out, um, keeps you on your toes. Um, there's just this level of ambiguity to it. Like, Oh, how is this going to pan out <laughs> no matter what it yeah. is? Yeah. It's like Keeps the beginning human. of a game. Yeah. It's like the, it's like the whole like excited moment you have before, you know, a basketball game when you're younger, like all that stuff, like going into a moment, not knowing how it's going to come out. I can see how, like, I mean, going back to like your military background, I think that like a lot of guys who come from a military background, end up having this hole in their life because they don't have that heightened sense of like importance or like um, elevated uh, sense of, you could call it danger, just like whatever you're doing. Um, And I can see how that would become a thing. I think it is a thing for me when it comes to like social relationships. Like I don't like when things um, sort of stay the same or or are predictable. Predictable. And yeah. yeah, and, And I, and I love when I meet a new couple who, you know, they've, they've obviously usually been together for a few years and they're getting married. So they know each other, but I love exploring their interactions, their physical interactions. Like that's why I love photography. I love saying, you know, giving them prompts and getting them close together and seeing how they react. And I love seeing the awkwardness. I love when they get together and they're like, you know, holding each other's faces and like <laughs> close together. And, you know, and I, and I make what some sort of thing they're supposed joke. to be doing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, what they think they're supposed to be doing. And then they like laugh and giggle and like look at me and they're just like, what are we doing? And like, that's like always the best shot of the of the shoot because they're just genuinely being themselves. And, you know, you can, I think you can really embrace awkwardness and um, turn it into a superpower, I, I think. I think that people who try too hard to never be awkward, it's like you're just, you're just like, you know, no matter how much you think you're doing it, you're you're not, you're, you're just shoveling water out of a sinking boat. Like just embrace it, you know, yeah. just jump in the water. Forget it. There is no boat. Like just, we're all just humans. We're all just like people and, and we're awkward. So the bet, the faster you can like sort of embrace your awkwardness and like let other people be themselves. And then all of that fades away. You never think of it. Like I think awkward has a negative tone to a negative like connotation to it. Yeah. You could, I don't even think of things as awkward anymore. I just think of things as like, this is you, this is me. Yeah. And, um, unless someone's i mean every once in a while i'd meet someone and i'm like man that was beyond my realm of and it doesn't happen much but every now and again i meet someone and i'm like you i don't i can't even that's god you're into dungeons and dragons (laughs) (laughs) i'm it's probably when that it's it's probably me that's like when i meet someone like that they probably left like wow that guy was insane like what a weirdo anyway so let, let me let me ask you one one final question. The one thing that I like mm-hmm. to ask all of our guests is: there one thing that I didn't ask that you wish that I would have? Oh my goodness, gosh! I don't know. You didn't ask me about my risotto. Let's see. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, we didn't talk about um, because I probably didn't like sort of put it in my initial thing, but. Um, um, you know, we should probably just save it for another podcast is talking about like, so we talked a little bit about how we're getting older and like, how long can we do this? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, how are we going to keep relating to our clients? And that, that's a good segue into thinking about, um, 
you know, other revenue streams and like thinking in terms, again, I love what, what really made me contact you about this podcast was like hearing you guys talk about not being artists and like all the other important things and like fun things about this job. And one of the things that I've been thinking about for the past few years is like long-term, what am I going to do? Am I going to be photographing weddings forever? No. So I have to start thinking about other revenue streams. And like, so I have the whole separate um, company with good light presets that my friend Cody and I do. And I'd love to talk about that more, but I'm sure that's like, that's the whole other can of worms that probably requires more time. Yeah. I mean, I, we will definitely have you back on, um, right now we're at an hour and 45 minutes. <laughs> oh my goodness. So we're in Joe we, Rogan we, territory here. We, yeah. We, we've been chatting for a minute right <laughs> now. Like, oh I have to pick my kids up. No, I'm sorry. Oh, I was like, like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> There's somebody just sitting in a bus um, stop. <laughs> yeah. 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 No. No, well, I mean, we can leave it there, and then, um, and then uh, talk about other stuff from in the future. I think, I think there's a lot of stuff to talk about, especially. I think where I like to talk about is what are the next steps in life? Like, what, what, what can we do in the future to, right. you know, either keep doing what we're doing and loving it, or, um, or find other avenues to make money and sort of like, you know, transition. Because the the reality is, like, I would love to photograph weddings forever. I just know in ten years whether it's my body or my emotions, I just don't know if I'll be able to do it. So, um, my wrist yeah, is giving out. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so let me, how, how old are you now? I'm 36. I'll be, yeah, I'm 36. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I'm 41. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I've got, I think oh, I've got like a solid 10 years of wedding. And then that's, <laughs> that's going to be, you know what I mean? Like that's, so we, we yeah, should probably that's a stretch. <laughs> you know, you know what it is? This is, no, it, it, here's the thing. If if you ask the question, you have to think about the the answer you give in terms of like, like how, how much longer can I be a wedding photographer? Well, the answer is I could be a wedding photographer until I'm, I retire, but it it would change my entire business and who I am and what I do, you know? Yeah. Can Brett Favre keep quarterbacking in the NFL? Absolutely. Totally. Can't is he going to win any more Super though. Bowls? Probably yes, <laughs> but I mean, like, is he is he going to win any Super Bowls? Like, definitely not. Like, absolutely not. And like, there would be a point where it'd be like maybe he'd be like a backup. I don't know. Like, the point is, he can be involved in football as long as he wants, but like, it's going to be on a deteriorating trajectory or just a different trajectory. Yeah. And so it's one of those things where, like, do I want to keep going down that path? Do I want to? Like, I have to be able to be self aware enough to notice: Am I getting worse or better? Am I happier or am I not as happy as I was a year ago? And thinking about that is is how I approach everything, just knowing it eventually will be whether I like it or not. Like I do know people who've been doing wedding photography forever and they're, you know, whatever, 50, 60 years old and they're still doing it. And they have clients who are very happy with them. But like, it's just when I, from the outside, when I look at what they're doing, I'm like, oh gosh, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I don't want to, you know, go down, um, in my, in my job. So I think that's sort of something we could talk about, but, but, um, that's a different, uh, different topic. We'll take a next note. Time. Next I think that'd be time. a good one. <laughs> well, I Austin, agree. Yeah. <laughs> buddy, thank you so much for being on today. It was so awesome speaking with you. Uh, you guys have to check out Austin's work. It's at www.trenholmphoto.com. You got to check out his Instagram. It's at trenholmphoto. Don't forget to check out his presets at goodlightpresets.com. And all of the links and everything will be in the description to the podcast. Is there anything you'd like to say before I close it out, bud? 
No way. I can't wait to see you guys again. I'm going to be in, in Boston this weekend. I'm, I'm oh, going to be in Boston. Right. Like, I'm going to be in Boston. Like I'm going to at the Bradley estate. I'm going to be up there a bunch, but like, I always say like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be there. And it's like, I am totally not going to have time to see you guys. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was going to say, I, trust me, we get it. Yep, we get it. Yeah. Well, well we just, anyway, we thanks so much for having me. This is great. Yeah. yeah, no, we'll, we'll, I'll have you back on so we can talk about yeah. getting old and what to do when you're getting old and decrepit. <laughs> in the, uh, Different kinds of like PT we're doing. Or, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny when you were talking about your rotator. I tore my rotator cuff in jujitsu a Monday of last week. Uh, so... It is literally what has stopped me from pursuing grappling. I'm not even joking. So like I wanted to get into grappling so bad like a couple years ago. And then I just like realized with all like the like issues I'm having with my shoulders and my wrists and my hands and like all this stuff. I'm like, oh my God, this is like the last thing in the world I need to do. I need to like, I got a crooked, that finger will never be straight. It was broken in jujitsu. I've got a torn rotator cuff in this shoulder. Uh, I did something with my thumb last night. Can't figure that out. And then I I tore a ligament in my right elbow when I was training for a tournament. And it's still kind of Yankee. So getting old sucks. It's fun though. We need it's to, fun though. Getting on the mats. Work is fun. on the CRISPR. We need to fix our, our DNA. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Well, thanks again for having me. This is so much fun. Yeah, it's funny you brought up Thank CRISPR. You. That's either going to be like the the savior of humanity or the downfall of everything. <laughs> so. Both. Be both. Be both. Did you hear the argument about the uh, mosquitoes? I was actually listening yes. to a yeah. Okay, that was that was a really cool, really cool conversation. We I'm, I'm all for I'm all for it. Let's let's get rid of them. Let's see what happens. Let's you can't let's roll the dice. You can't. Know, yeah, know. roll the dice. You just <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> oh man. Florida's taking hold on you. Yeah. <laughs> if you lived in Florida, you'd be a little bit more open to rolling things. No, I'm just kidding. Um, well, you uh, ain't all right, well. Yeah. All right, make sure you like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you are a wedding videographer, don't forget to join our private Facebook group, Wedding Videography for Beginners. We hope everyone is staying safe and healthy, and we will see everyone in the next couple of weeks. All right, out. Are you backing up your footage? Is it seamless, running in the background, and easily available? Bring in Backblaze, the world's easiest cloud backup. Our workflow is so simple. We offload our footage onto our external drives. Then that evening, the files automatically start backing up into the cloud. There's nothing else for us to do. Imagine having the peace of mind that your footage is stored off-site, in a safe location, where you can easily retrieve it from your browser, and that it is crazy affordable. That's Backblaze. Click on our affiliate link below and get one month free.